Greatness requires discipline. Every memorable athlete, musician, author, leader, inventor, scientist, or other person of lasting influence was most likely disciplined. Of course, many of them used their discipline for the purpose of selfish gain or fame. Spiritually speaking, we discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, and we understand that discipline alone does not earn, give, or produce anything in us. Discipline is a catalyst. It's a God-ordained means to a grace-saturated life. It postures you to receive His life-changing grace through faith. In other words, discipline is a way of accessing God's favor, not producing it or replacing it. And we need access to grace in order to turn away from sin, pursue holiness, see the glory of Christ, and worship from the heart. So on this podcast, I want to give you a brief primer on spiritual discipline. We'll consider the what, the why, and the how with emphasis on the motivating purpose. Spiritual disciplines are those activities identified in Scripture that accelerate spiritual growth and that ought to be practiced regularly. They are faith-fueled personal habits that promote access to God's all-sufficient grace. For example, meditating, memorizing, and obeying God's Word, or prayer that includes praise, confession of sin, and making requests, fasting, fellowship, serving, journaling, evangelism, and worship are other examples. These are activities that God encourages or commands for our good. They do not automatically make you godly, rather they serve as a conduit for God's unearned kindness to flow more freely into your life. There are at least four purposes of spiritual discipline. The most obvious is God-glorifying godliness. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, Train or discipline yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The word for train pictures the intense physical workouts required to prepare for the Greek games. It implies sustained mental energy and strength while casting aside all that hinders or distracts. Competitive athletes have a strict diet, a restricted routine, a study regimen, and daily exercises. They structure their lives purposefully to accomplish their goal. They do it for a perishable prize. As Christians, we exert great effort according to the grace and power that God supplies in us in order to put away anything that impedes our spiritual growth and to keep our eyes fixed on the eternal prize. We do so for the purpose of godliness and to gain an imperishable wreath, because godliness is profitable now and forevermore. A second purpose of spiritual discipline is Christ-exalting freedom. Discipline is the price for freedom. Or we could say freedom is the reward of discipline. You see, you are enslaved to your habits, and if those habits do not promote godliness, they will lead to ungodliness. Desires direct every aspect of your life, and desires are formed and transformed through discipline. In Galatians 5.1, we learn that it is for for freedom that Christ has set us free, referring to freedom from legalism and freedom from slavery to sin. It's a freedom that's only enjoyed as we replace sinful, legalistic habits with grace-motivated works of faith. This is accomplished by pursuing intimacy with Christ through the spiritual disciplines. These spiritual disciplines give us deep, long drinks from God's grace, which in turn trains us to renounce ungodliness and live self-controlled. The result is Christ-exalting freedom and joy. A third purpose of spiritual discipline is spirit-empowered fruitfulness. It's God's desire and requirement that you are fruitful. He gave us faith, Christ's righteousness, His divine power, His magnificent promises, and all that pertains to life and godliness, and then commands us to make every effort towards fruitfulness. And Jesus said, 
By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Fruitfulness occurs when the Holy Spirit manifests himself in the believer, and you walk by the Spirit through faith applied to spiritual discipline. A final purpose is grace-sustained endurance. God promises that genuine believers will endure to glory. Christians, however, still have a God-given and grace-sustained responsibility to fight the good fight of faith and actively persevere. Paul told the Corinthians and us not to run the spiritual race aimlessly, but to run to win with discipline and self-control. Without spiritual sweat and godly grit, we are vulnerable. We must labor in the faith so that God's grace works through us. Now, where there's a lack of spiritual discipline, it's usually due to unbelief, ignorance, selfishness, laziness, and or a love of personal sin. The remedy in such cases is faith. As we've already seen, spiritual discipline requires faith-driven and intentional effort. My encouragement to you is to identify and confess sinful neglect. Make a plan that specifically outlines how you will discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Pray and yield to God, then run with endurance in His grace and for His glory. Discipline alone will not make you holy. In fact, external conformity to a set of Christian practices is drudgery and will eventually destroy you. When grace and faith are absent in our practice of the spiritual disciplines, we're left with soul-killing, life-choking legalism. The spiritual disciplines do, however, function as a means of receiving His grace for growing in godliness. Applied with faith, Christ's likeness is received as a gift of God's grace. So let's make every effort to pursue deeper and more satisfying intimacy with Christ through the means of grace that He has provided.